Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 9th of July 2023. Previously on planet Earth. <laughs> I always wanted to say something like that. I mean, it could have been in nicer circumstances, I suppose. But I digress. Time to bring you up to speed. The Vulprina here. Alien tyrants locked out of history by the Time Lords, now free and working with one of their nominal captors, one we've battled before. Missy. Yes, she's back. Not the biggest fan of hers, for obvious reasons. Hello to all of you. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast all for the love of stories. In a moment, Benji and I will be chatting about a vital issue of the day. What happened to Captain Dent in the third Doctor TV story, Colony in Space? After that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of The War Doctor Begins, Battlegrounds. I'm the Doctor, and don't worry, sooner we sort this out, sooner the planet's safe. Then we go behind the scenes with Unit Nemesis 4, Masters of Time, released this Wednesday, the 12th of July. Missy. Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Get typing. Although, obviously, it's too late for your email oh. to appear on this week's podcast, so maybe don't type, but type type with the idea that it'll be there for the next week, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then writer Chris Dale will be talking about Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons, The Martian Menace, a dramatic audiobook based on a classic comic strip based on the classic Jerry and Sylvia Anderson Super Marionation series. That's puppets, right? right? Really good puppets. And that's released this Monday, the 10th of July. Captain Scarlet Day. Boom, 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 boom. Beautifully done. Then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. <laughs> what will it be? Okay, assignment crystal. What have you got for me? And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease and this week it is of course from unit nemesis 4 masters of time and an episode entitled one way or another by john dorney you're a fan of blondie john looks like they're close to finishing let's give ourselves an advantage how do you mean i'm going to shoot out that flashlight they'll be in total darkness as soon as i shoot move and take cover there's a pallet that'll do mr hockley here we go one way or another yeah it's the title of a blondie song are you are you a fan as well benji because um, john dorney obviously is he's obviously i'm not the biggest blonde you know i appreciate blondie but i'm not i'm not like i don't lay that's a great song though but i don't lay up awake at night thinking i want to listen to some blondie you know no no do you know what i mean what about yourself um back in the day i think we were all rather thrilled with her and the Debbie band Harry. yeah, yeah. Atomic, you know. Um, I remember that coming out and being very thrilled by it. Yeah, uh, but no, I don't have any of their albums. So sorry about that, John Dorney. <laughs> you're you're on your own there, mate. Uh, anyway, look, never mind that sort of uh, mass pop culture nonsense. Let's get down to specifics. <laughs> Captain Dent. <laughs> Captain. Are Captain you familiar Dent. with Captain Dent in Colony in Space? That in the second uh, season of. John Pertwee stories. It's the first time the Doctor went off in the TARDIS. Famously, the TARDIS just disappeared, <laughs> pop, and landed, pop, because uh, they didn't know that it was meant to sort of fade in and out because it had been so long since they'd done a TARDIS materialisation. Hilarious, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it also the first story, am I telling a lie, the first story know. we get the sonic screwdriver with the, the, like, the new look? It had a different look. Do you know, I don't know for certain on that. I feel, right like, I feel like that's a fact that's in the back of my head that hmm. I just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But as for Dent, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe just nipped to the lavatory and got locked in. I mean, it can happen, doesn't it? You know. But for those of you who don't know, Captain Dent, right, the story of Colony in Space is this. There's a bunch of colonists on a really inhospitable planet in the future. That's, that's lots of people called Colin, isn't it? That's right, Colinists. 
They're all named after my brother or the sixth <laughs> Doctor Who. My brother's called Colin. I found out that Colin is actually a pet form of Nicholas. So inadvertently, my parents named their children with exactly the same name. Nicholas. Colin. Nicholas. Nicolin. Colin. Yeah, yeah. Col- yeah. It is. If you look it up for its meaning, it just says pet form of Nicholas. It doesn't have its own meaning. Well, which of course we I ripped my brother day. about. Yeah, I said, you know, your name has no meaning. It's my name that has the meaning. <laughs> you have no meaning. <laughs> anyway, um, the colonists have gone there because Earth is massively overpopulated and there's no room to live and breathe and what have you. And they've decided to go to this planet and cultivate it. Now, they should be able to cultivate the crops, but the crops just aren't working. And in the meantime, suddenly, out of nowhere, monsters turn up to frighten them off. But it turns out the Interplanetary Mining Corporation, the IMC, have got a claim on this planet too, and they want to mine the guts out of it to get duralinium, I think, which is like a vital element for building all the horrible uh, housing units on Earth. And, you know, it's a standard thing they do. They turn up and pretend they've got a claim and they frighten the colonists off. Uh, so the doctor's there and he's trying to sort all this out. So the head of the IMC, and there's a whole thing, by the way, because the novelization of Colony Space is called the Doomsday Weapon. There's a whole thing about an ancient doomsday weapon that the master has come there to get. But, you know, the I don't want to tell you the entire plot. I'm just confusing you now. But Captain Dent is the head of the IMC ship. He wears a sort of... Uh, plasticky leathery uh sort of like a roman outfit really isn't it because they have little skirts but they do have trousers sort of haircut roman haircut exactly and and the actor in question whose name i forget what's he called who played uh captain was a stalwart of 1960s and 1970s british he was in everything wasn't he he used to turn up in the sweeney uh uh, and apparently after he was morris perry pardon morris perry morris perry sorry Uh, i cut you up there i apologize (laughs) Morris Perry. Um, he um, he later went on to play King Lear at the Tabard Theatre in Chiswick. Uh, but I won't tell you who directed it because that's too personal. Well, anyway, um, so uh, I was asking Stephen Noonan about this. And uh, he, what happens at the end, the last you see of the IMC is they turn up with a lot, sort of execution squad to execute the Doctor, Joe and the Master after they've just escaped from the alien city uh, which has just blown up in a rather spectacular display of bbc special effects on location kaboom the same explosion shown about 10 times edited from different angles um it's good though it's good uh we love it so they're about to uh um execute the doctor the master and joe and then suddenly behind uh from behind a conveniently placed pile of sand um a load of colonists pop up with their guns and uh, blast the hell out of the IMC met. Gone are the subtle no- negotiations. They just result, result to murder. <laughs> uh, the IMC men think the colonists have all been blown up in a faulty spaceship they made them take off in. So it's uh, they kind of, they sort of deserve to get it in the they neck. Flank, anyway. They flank them. They got them, they got them good. Uh, and then they, they get them to surrender by shouting at the colonists, get the IMC men to surrender by shouting at the... Um, uh, generous line lay down your guns you won't be killed (laughs) which i think is i'm I'm not sure i believe you but the thing is that that party of imc men is led by um winton i think his name is is it or was it i can't remember or was it Morgan? I don't know. Um, anyway, I have got the cast list here. It's a guy. So. It's a guy who ends up being in EastEnders, really importantly, much later in his career. Uh, and he's like Norton. The, hmm? There's Norton. Uh, there's Martin. Morton. There's is Winton. It? What? There's Winton. David Winton, played by Nicholas Pennell. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying the the, the character names here. Anyway, it's the guy who's chief of um, nastiness. And he's he's leading the squad, and there and I think he's killed in the battle, and then the rest of the uh, IMC men are sent packing. Now, throughout the story, Captain Dent, played by Morris Perry, has been the oh, chief Snidey, you know, running the operation, but we don't hear anything about what happens to him. But the answer is in the book. Of course it is. It would be, wouldn't it? That uh, Captain Dent steps out from behind a boulder, his gun raised. Stop! He signalled with his free hand. 
IMC men carrying their high-powered guns appeared from all sides. Dent turned to Caldwell. Thank you for leading them to us. Now stand over there. So, what happens in the book is that Captain Dent is with that squad that are going to execute the good guys. He is not in the TV series. Now, the difference between being in that squad and not is that it's shot on location. <laughs> and I think that ah. and Morris Perry, I don't think, appears in any location work at all. He and was I, there for the... Maybe he had a, an irrational fear of sand. <laughs> or clay, because they end up in horrible <laughs> wet clay, don't they? Um, yeah, so I think... So is the question is, expert listeners, was he originally in those scenes and was not in it because Morris Perry couldn't make it? Or is this just an oversight in the script that was later corrected in the novelization? I reckon... By Malcolm Hulk himself, who wrote the series Doctor Who and the Doomsday Weapon. I'm going to say the latter. Why are you? Yeah, I just feel like that's the type of thing that would have happened. They wouldn't have thought about it. Because it's the type of ending where you you can get carried away. If you're writing, oh yeah, and then they a big explosion, and you know, people kind of come, come, they get and ambush them, and lay down your way, and before you know it, you've you know, you've forgotten that dent even exists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. It's I've seen it many times, and I'd never bothered about dent. I'm just skimming through what Stephen sent me, and I'm just trying to work out. Yeah. Oh wow, it's quite. It's it's more hard hitting. There's a mass grave. A maths grave, um, not, not a grave of maths. A oh, mass grave of, of all the colonists who've been killed. Imagine a grave with, like, you know, instead of headstones, there are calculators. Yeah, um, but but you, know. you see, there's a scene by the mass grave, and Captain Dent is there. Interesting, Arthur Dent. Yeah. So, not no, Arthur Dent, Captain yeah. Dent. Don't don't confuse your friends. I'm, I'm just ruining this whole segment, aren't yeah, I? Yeah. Thanks for being a part of this thing. discussion in this one which I think is significant is um, Gail Platt legendary character played yeah. by Helen Worth and Coronation Street he's been in Corrie since I want to say the early 70s well I think I since think... since after she did this job she did this and then she joined Coronation Street I think wowza yeah that is impressive and she's been in it ever, and, and, and there no she real, is in Colony she's in not, and she's not even a character that's like gone on holiday for like a year or five years and come back she's been in it consistently she's in this one which i think is is you know yeah is significant is Just she like still in coronation street yeah yeah hmm. she's still in it yeah mad yes yeah. she, she would have been in it she must have been in it for what 40 years wow if she joined in 1972 or 71 do the we'll find out let's find out at the debut not that anybody really cares um but i want to know Yeah, but it First is appearance is in the 29th of July, 1974. Oh, okay. So she didn't. She did some other jobs after Colony in Space, presumably, or maybe yeah, just well, did a long audition process for Coronation Street. Coronation Street is a famous British soap for those of you listening in other parts of the world and wonder what on earth we've been talking about for approximately the last three and a half minutes. We just, yeah, we just. It's just some street that me and Nick know. Um, she's she, in between those jobs. Yes, she did. If if anybody's actually interested, no, we're fascinated. She did the time of your life where she played Pauline Jackson, the mm. Strauss family where she played Elsa, Helen, woman of today as Mandy. This is quite an interesting IMDb because it yeah it goes within these walls. Nineteen seventy four. Ah, within these walls, the prison show starring Googie Withers. What a fantastic name, Googie Withers. She did a, a Sunday night theatre, uh, Carnthorpe practice, and then uh, her IMDb just says Coronation Street, nineteen seventy four to twenty twenty three. So she hasn't done any work prior to no. 1974 which is incredible when you think about it, was it. since 1974 either. sorry yes yes sorry yes uh, so uh, no pantos no uh, I mean there's no I mean it's IMDB seaside so holiday special <laughs> oh ah but apparently yes there's a program called London Wall and it says uh, she she has completed filming playing Mrs Middleton whoever that is so I'd say Helen cancel that because it looks much more fun if you just stay in that it's too late she's filmed it she can't cancel it she can't find that I'd say wipe wipe the tapes (laughs) it it never happened 
like that Paul McCartney film where somebody steals the tapes. Give my regards to Broad Street. <laughs> Someone's do. They've taken the tapes. We're gonna have to go and find them. Um, but no, that's very interesting. I might have to watch Colony in Space. You know, it's, it's you have uh, to. It's glorious. It's glor. I've not watched it in years. As one of the themes that Dudley Simpson plays relentlessly. In it. Which that sounds was, a lot that like was in his total synthesizer phase. There's no. There are no acoustic instruments. His in best phase. I like it. I like his third Doctor stuff more than his fourth Doctor stuff. I will say that. Mm. Bit more. Bit more uh, fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. They all have something to offer. But yes, I know what you mean. There was there was a real raw talent in those early Pertwee stories. I reckon. Just well, it's experimental music at its finest. Definitely. But that is a topic for another day. And right now, however. It is time for the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised, this week we're looking at The War Doctor Begins Battlegrounds. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The War Doctor Begins Battlegrounds. What was your name again? I'm the Doctor, and don't worry, sooner we sort this out, sooner the planet's safe. What? Did he say the planet? It's happening when the beam shines on them. Snow this side too. Back. Get back. They're they're growing. Surrounding the cottage. What's happening out there? Doctor, it's the rocks. Mental energy physically affecting solid matter. Even if that worked on water, reshaping rocks so easily is... Power it must have access to. What's she going on about? No idea. Come on, run! Run! You never run up a down escalator? No! First time for everything, move! You believe a time lord, who just tried to kill us, by the way, over me? But where are we going? Where? Scaro. We've been fighting this war since we were slime on Scaro. The Temesis is a game changer. It could win this war. And we've given it to you, Commander. A bribe. That's what this great big Hulk is. I'm a pal, not a Time Lord. We still have honor. Who was that? That was your captain, agreeing to give this ship to the Daleks. Berserker Army is currently engaged in a pincer movement around Sendelene and Herrick. Estimated complete loss of all lives in the city by 0630 hours. You in the cloister, with the big sword. I said you won't want to be standing there. Me? Me in the cloister? Right you are. Why not? Well, because the Berserker Dalek advance party has been sent to kill me. So we run now, right? We run in the direction of the Knot Explosion. I just have to unplug all this from the TARDIS. One moment, please. I'll do it as fast as I can. Need a hand? I believe it's a one-man job. I've heard that before. Big Finish, for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Battlegrounds. Well, I'm doing all, it. all one word, Battlegrounds, into the search pane at the top to right. find this one. Battlegrounds. Battle <laughs> have to really growl. Battlegrounds. Yeah, yeah, that works. That does work. Excellent. Well, that's, that's good news. Uh, and as far as I can see, Matthew Kressel also works and does reviews for WarpFactor.com and says, It's not just Carly who has gone from strength to strength. Battlegrounds proves that the range has done so, exploring the idea not just with the Time War itself, but in different ways thematically. The three episodes aren't always what you expect them to be, but that makes listening to it a richer experience. With wars happening in the real world, Big Finish's collection of tales reminds us that the cost isn't in bombs, bullets and casualties, but sometimes in things we cannot see. Hmm. High vision is impaired. Uh, so, um, Carl, the Carly he's referring to there is, of course, our dear friend Jonathan Carly. Just David Carly. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Carly. Sorry, I was thinking of the other Jonathan, uh, the other Carly we know. <laughs> Uh, this is a review from LiverpoolSoundAndVision.co.uk. Ah, uh, uh, yes, I know them well. Do you? No. No, I didn't think so. Uh, Ian D. Hall. In D. Hall. In D. Hall, yeah. We've, yeah. we've, we've always make, made this joke whenever he pops up. Sorry, Ian. Yeah, sorry about that. We're a, a bit terrific, pure, aren't we? A terrific three-part series for The War Doctor, one that is generous in its storytelling and passionate about providing empathy in a world constantly at war with itself. 8.5 out of 10, very precise 
lower mm. marking there for Inder Hall. Indianbackuser.com Jacob Licklider leads no introduction, says here, themes of war whilst not being foreign to Doctor Who with stories like The Daleks and Genesis of the Daleks, exploring the horrors of war and its aftermath. Battlegrounds gets down to brass tacks Ooh. with the way war affects people. Continuing to excel. You hear that car? No, I can't, but uh, I, well, I heard a tiny bit it. of it. It's very, very loud. Um, with the way war affects people, continue to excel at what this range has been best at, and that is 8 out of 10. That's a, that's a 10 out of 10 review there. Isn't it? Mm. Uh, also, uh, when war affects people, it's spelt with an A, Jacob. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter, actually, that's because you only gave it 8 out of 10, Jacob. I'm going to correct your spelling. Uh, at Tom Housen 1218 says the War Doctor begins Battlegrounds. I, I, I'll get some angry person writing in and say, look, people can spell things whatever way they like, Nick. Don't be such a language fascist. Anyway, uh, from, uh, from at Big Finish by at Phil Munrein and, and, and other people is an action-packed mix of sci-fi stories with Tim Atax in there. I don't know what McFuller is. What's McFuller? Who's... Who's that? Don't know. Uh, I'll find out. You Thanks. continue reading. Plenty of twists and turns, uh, analysing the effects of the time war. It's OK to spell it with an E in that context. On those caught up in it. Topped off with an incredible sound design. Lovely. Russell McPhillips? Is it? Russell McPhillips? Is it? I said. Why are you just repeating it? <laughs> this could just well, go on forever a, with you going, Russell McPhillips? Russell McPhillips? Going, is it? Well, Russell McPhillips? It is. Is it? Russell McPhillips? Is it? Is well, it? <laughs> well, good. Stuck in, stuck in a time loop. <laughs> a really whoa, boring whoa. time loop as well. Yeah. Not even like an interesting the one. The Russell Just... McPhillips time loop. There we go. There's a whole episode of Doctor Who waiting to be made. Telos32 says Doctor Who... Oh, no, it doesn't say that at all. It says the Doctor is no more. Uh, how much of himself will he sacrifice? The War Doctor is beginning to find out who he is. Mm -hmm. Three more very good episodes and only three more to go. Oh, or aren't there? Uh, Justin B. Quinnick says the War Doctor Begins Battlegrounds from Big Finish is a powerful addition to this tumultuous era of Doctor Who. At Jonathan Carley is continually superb as the War Doctor and really excels handling his grit and resolve with his haunted, conflicted morality. A wildly good set. Lovely. Next week, we take a look at Blake's Seven Heroes. Uh, heroes and villains, I should say. I don't want to miss out the latter. And Torchwood War Chest. And just for those of you who may have got lost in the podcast or just need a reminder, still to come in the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we'll be hearing from writer Chris Dale about Captain Scarlet, Martian Menace, plus the Random Word Selectatron giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What could be better than that? Nothing. Nothing at all. But first, let's take a look behind the scenes at Unit Nemesis 4, Masters of Time, one way or another. Come on, sing along. <laughs> oh, hello, I'm Gemma Redgrave and I've been playing Osgood. No, I've been playing Kate Stewart. Missy. Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, Missy comes back. It's been great. It's lovely to be back in the studio. It's lovely to see old friends, to hear old friends down the line. There's a, there's a tiny bit of me that wishes we could all be back. But the, the great thing about the remote recording is that people who live outside London and for whom it's difficult to get in because there's been all sorts of issues with transport, so it, it means that nobody has to struggle to get on trains that are being cancelled or aren't running or, you know. And so that's great. Should we go for take two? Oh. Okay, over to you whenever you're ready. Yes. Safe to say they know we're inside. We don't have much time. All in. Prepare to activate night vision. Goggles ready. 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 I'm uh, Andrew Smith. I'm one of the script editors on Unit Nemesis. My name is Heather Challens and I am the producer of Unit Nemesis 4. So where do we find Unit after the events of Unit Nemesis 3. Right, it's several months after the, as it turns out, successful invasion and occupation of the Earth by the Valkyrie, and the revelation that they're now working with Missy, 
and the world has very much got the Valkyrie stamp on it. Most of it is time locked, and the rest of it is um, arch factories and places where the Valkyrie are developing and mustering their forces to go out and spread themselves across time and space as the new masters of time. And meanwhile, Kate, of course, has been leading a human resistance because that's her thing. That's that's her, that's her thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. She does. She doesn't mm. give up easily, and she's no. luckily she's been reunited with with Harry and Naomi. Yes, and has found various capable volunteers to help out. Yeah, and soon to be reunited with the others. Yeah, soon to be reunited with the others. Hello, my name's Ken Bentley, and I have just finished directing Unit Nemesis Four. It's very nice recording at Christmas because everybody's in the Christmas spirit. Everybody's in the mood for Christmas. Even though you would think, oh, you know, it's, it's with a week before Christmas, everybody's got so much to do, and they do. They're sort of not going to want to be there. They're, they're going to want to be out shopping and, and getting themselves all geared up for Christmas. Actors enjoy the company of actors and the, and the, the other people they meet in the, in the in the process as well. So so getting together in, in the studio for a couple of days and recording a fun play and having time to eat chocolates in the green room, it's, um, it, it's sort of the perfect way to to spend your week before Christmas really it kind of it's kind of helping I think everybody get in the in the mood for Christmas my name is Ingrid Oliver and I play Osgood okay over to you move quickly uh-oh there's a power source in the basement it should be possible to reactivate it always assuming that isn't where they are we should be wary if they're still down there and responsible for this darkness they are likely armed oh bad luck boys you were so close I don't know when we started it time-wise, but it's been 16 episodes. We've had people come in and out, lots of helpers along the way that have helped out unit. So it's been nice having lots of sort of actors coming in and, and uh, playing parts that sort of made a lovely contribution. And then we never see them again. But maybe maybe we'll see them again. Who knows? But yeah, it's been it's been interesting because it's quite unusual to see a sort of, sort of big story arc like that. I miss the arches. So many arches. We were recording it from home, weren't we? And that was all quite weird. But nice, so nice to have everybody that you knew from the before times sort of in your headphones while you were in your bedroom at home recording unit. Yeah, it was great. But I, I yeah, it's such a weird time. I've sort of suppressed all of that, so I don't remember. I'd have to listen to, I'd have to go back to the first, the first box set and listen to it. Hello, I'm John Dorney and I wrote One Way or Another for Unit 4. I also script edited. Sorry, 4.4. My brief for the episode was kind of quite tight, really. It was a, it was a slightly complicated one because... It was pretty much Osgood resisting somewhere, Kate resisting somewhere else, and at some point Josh had to escape um, with the information about Missy and all those kind of things which I needed to feed in. But I only had Josh's inserts from other episodes, which made life a little bit tricky. I struggled with it for a while, I will have to say, because um, it was sort of tricky to find a bit of purpose and energy and a bit of achievement uh, for Kate and Osgood, because they couldn't really meet so finding some way of telling their stories where they were both effectively going to have sort of parallel storylines i was kind of struggling with i i wanted the stories to connect i always want stories to feel like they're part of a whole rather than necessarily telling you know two separate stories that don't really interact or connect with each other you said you had a plan isn't it obvious if it was obvious we wouldn't be asking exactly it must be ready to blow any second I have lots of ideas for Kate, mainly, actually, I seem to remember. And, but they always felt like the fact I would have to cut away to Osgood made them a little bit trickier. So, for example, I think I'd initially had that idea of, oh, I quite like the idea of um, having a continuous shot one. I, I think I'd vaguely considered that for the story that became Ten Minutes in Hell, but it didn't work out for various reasons. And I, I like the, the focus that gives you, that sort of the sense of everything driving through and the claustrophobia and the tension and the fact that you can't cut away and you're always focused on one person, which in this case would be Kate. But that meant I, I could figure out a way of doing that if I had to keep cutting away to Osgood. And it took me a long time to figure out that surely the easiest way of doing that was to not cut away and effectively do 30 minutes with Kate and 30 minutes with Osgood. It's a really interesting approach that John took to this. Yeah, the two halves of the episode uh, events taking place contemporaneously or concurrently and yeah, interesting. An interesting approach. I was largely inspired by, of all things, a, a slightly obscure Alan Akebourne play called House and Garden. Actually, technically it's two plays, House 
and gone. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Nemesis 4 into the search pane at the top to find this one. And it's released this Wednesday, the 12th of July. And don't forget, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease from one way or another at the end of this podcast, one way or another. One way? I mean... I'm all the other. Meanwhile, of course, it's time for... Uh, Tommy, I'm sorry, uh, listeners' emails. <laughs> and if you can type out that noise that Nick has just made and send it in an email, that would be great. All you have it. to do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. Send that over and we'll have a look. We'll, uh, we, you know, we'll say, yeah, 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 we'll put that one in. <laughs> and then we'll put it in. Um, oh, good. good. Might, we might I, have, I, I'd just like to say one thing here, if you don't mind mm. my interrupting just for a moment. One thing, yes. Uh, it's really hot in my shed. It is boiling in here, Nick. It is horrific, isn't it? I mean, so I apologise for any stupid things i say i mean any, i know i know i should drops use of sweat yeah <laughs> i usually i should apologize every podcast for all the stupid things i say actually but i'd just like to mention it particularly this time but i'll just be serious i'm gonna be serious because you know oh, blimey, what's yeah. the point it's too hot yes yeah, you know it's too hot mate too hot. <sighs> sun sun's in the sky you know yeah George Bell, oh. uh, that Boing. is the name of the first email uh, that comes in, or the emailer. Yeah. Um, the actual mm. name of the email is The Diary of River Song. Aye, aye. Um, but it says here, Dear Nick and Benji, and anyone else who is in attendance this week. Colin! Yes, lavatory, Colin! lavatory attendance everywhere. Um, or Colin, yeah, the Colin from the colony. Colin! Um, what a gag from... I think it was last week's podcast. I think it was the week, the week before. before. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a running gag. Um, I'm a big fan of your Diary of River Song releases. I can remember buying and listening to the first one when it came out at uni, uh, when I should probably have been focused on my dissertation. Well done, well done. Um, you see, you should have killed two birds with one stone and did your dissertation on the Diary of River Song. And then that way, yeah. it's like free work. You know, it's like free entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you. But it says here... Uh, I've seen that the next set will be the last. Um, this is a really shame. It's, I think it meant to say it's a real shame, particularly coming off of the incredibly strong set uh, Friend of the Family, which in my opinion is one of the best things Big Finish have ever produced. Nice. And I'm wondering if this is the end of River Song <laughs> a Big Finish or if this is just the end of this particular range and we'll continue to see River every now and then. Hmm. Kind regards... George. Oh, well, um, a lot of people, it is the end of a particular series of River Song, and a lot of people, including some websites, have gone, oh, this is proof. Uh, Big Finish are having to cancel this because Russell T. Davis is planning a uh, River Song spin off. Uh, I've no idea whether that's true, but anyway, um, we'd be silly, would we not, to, uh, to abandon River, uh, you know, Absolutely. without preempting any big announcements. I think you'll probably be all right, Josh. Uh, next up, Joshua Duffy talking the same thing. It's a hot topic. The end of River Song is the subject line. Hi, Nick and Benji. Brackets. Hi there. He's putting Hi there. Yeah. I, I saw the sad news that the Diary of River Song range, if I can speak, River Song range is coming to an end with the final set out in August. <laughs> I like a lot of people. Oh, I see. I like I like a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of people. They're all very nice. Uh, yeah, shit. Sure, sure, uh, it should be a comma after the I, is what I'm saying, Joshua. I. <laughs> getting very like schoolmasterly. I, li I like a lot of people. I, really I like, a people. like a lot of people. <laughs> are going to miss this. Miss this. Well, it's the, it's the wrong bit of the verb, isn't it? I'm going to miss this. Miss this. I can't even read it out. I don't know why I'm criticising you, Joshua. I can't even actually read out two <laughs> words in a row. Anyway, the gist is that you're going to miss the Diary of River Song as it's been one of your favourite ranges alongside the Warmasters. It really helped to develop River as a character alongside the TV show. But I'm wondering, will River still make guest appearances in other audios after the Diary of River Song ends? Or will August set be the final time we hear her on Big Finish ever? 
I've seen fans wanting to meet the ninth doctor and I have wanting her to meet the ninth doctor. I have a feeling she might appear in Once and Future later this year. Have you, have you really? Hopefully this won't be the last time we hear from Professor Riversong anytime soon. Sincerely, Joshua Duffy. Joshua, forgive me for my stupidity because I like a lot of people too. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be some more Riversong at some point, mate. Yeah. I think people, you know, assume that she can just keep writing a diary forever. But, you know, her biro's only got so much ink. Well, this is a serious consideration. You you try, you try getting a biro in space. You won't find anywhere that sells them. Well, it just doesn't happen. If any astronauts are listening, I've got a big, big box of them here. Big bag of big. Big bag of big. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, my name is Big Bag of Big. So do um, pop round for a, a biro if you need one, okay? It's a good idea. Uh, you know, my address it, is th- on the website. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> my address is uh, one Bick Lane. Uh, Bickersley. The pen. Bickersley. In Bickerstaff. <laughs> uh, my name's uh, John Bickerstaff. Um, family here, Kevin Stammers. Uh, and the subject, I don't know why I'm talking like that. <laughs> Kevin doesn't talk like that. Maybe he does, I don't know. Uh, right I, on, like a lot of people. I... Like a lot of people. Uh, the subject of this one is The Big Finish Companion, Volume 3 and oh, Beyond. Yeah. Hi there. Hi there. Uh, it's been over ten years since The Big Finish Companion, Volume 2, was released. When will Volume 3 be released? Mm. Or what plans to release a PDF version of Volumes 1 and 2 will follow up volumes? Uh, probably at least three more volumes, considering the releases since 2013. Please let me know. Thank you. Kevin J. Stammers. I mean, this is one for Kenny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin, um, when will Volume 3 be released? I don't know, but I, I was past some proofs to look through recently. So, uh, you know, it's in yeah, the offing. Yeah. I mean, I would say that uh, Kenny Smith's uh, synopses of, of the plots I wrote, I I thought, that's interesting. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, I th- you know, but each their own interpretation, I would say. But yeah, so good news there. I don't know about plans for PDFs or, or ebook versions of Volumes 1 and 2, but I think that would be sensible, wouldn't it? I mean, why wouldn't we? I'll have a word. Right, that's it for this week's emails. We look forward very much to reading more next week. And of course, we realise that regular listeners will know, but just a reminder, that the Randomoids Electrotron is preparing itself at this very moment, promising a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Oh, by the way, don't forget, at the end of this podcast, we'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Unit Nemesis 4, Masters of Time, released this Wednesday, the 12th of July. But first, here's Chris Dale, who's, well, I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, my name's Chris Dale, and I am the writer and producer of Captain Scarlet, Martian Menace. This story is adapted from an original Captain Scarlet comic strip story from the pages of TV21 in, I believe, 1968, and starts off with a Mistron attack on a Spectrum production facility, but it soon escalates into a a broader drama with uh, conspiracies and conspiracies within conspiracies, which ultimately leads to Captain Scarlet finally returning to the Mistron city on Mars, where the original television series kicked off back in 1967. This production is a audiobook read by Wayne Forrester, in which he provides all the narration and all the character voices, and he's done an incredible job on all of it. There are a few scenes where, even though I knew what was coming, hearing him perform it it just sent chills down my spine, particularly anything to do with the the Mistrons. As many of you are probably aware, Wayne was the voice of Captain Scarlet in the CGI New Captain Scarlet series from 2005, So it's nice to have, essentially, Captain Scarlet playing Captain Scarlet, but it's also great that I don't have to remind him what each character from the show sounded like. He's got his interpretations of all of them, and there's, uh, I think, a scene with Melody Angel. I'd offered to provide reference material, but he didn't need it because he remembered that Melody was the southern one, and it's just there in the performance, which is fantastic. He's paid great attention to the detail of the original series. Part of the fun of adapting this comic to audio is in being able to play with the world of Captain Scarlet to draw on elements of the series that perhaps were never fully explored on screen, as well as to spend more time with the guest characters and settings of this original comic story. And unfortunately, we we aren't sure who wrote the original comic back in, in 1968, but whoever it was did a fantastic job. This has always been one of my favourite Captain Scarlet TV21 stories. The scale is is so grand and so epic. There's so much 
much at stake and so it's really been great to to take this favorite story of mine from childhood and and kind of expand on and explore the narrative a bit more for instance there are several moments that go by in a flash in the comic and i thought oh that would be kind of interesting to just stay with that and explore that for a, a bit longer to help kind of set this story within the world of the tv show by occasionally making references to to other episodes and stories the story in the original tv 21 comic was told over i think three issues which isn't really a whole lot of time but in this production which runs for 75 minutes we get some time to really get inside the heads of the characters there's quite a few scenes where you're alone with with colonel white or captain scarlet and even one or two characters who don't often get much focus in the series so it's nice that this story spotlights those characters it also includes uh, several nods to other anderson series uh, most notably thunderbirds and fireball xl5 there are elements of those series in this story and they weren't put in during the adaptation process they were always there back in the old comic if you're familiar with previous anderson audio productions you might be expecting that this is a kind of hybrid narration and forecast audio drama but this is purely wayne forrester doing all the narration and all the characters and that's something we've never really attempted with these anderson audios before so hopefully if this is well received we possibly may be able to do some more of these in the future but until then captain scarlet martian menace will be out on captain scarlet day which is july 10th but if you can't wait that long here's a brief extract from the story in which we find colonel white in a spot of bother the instant his feet hit the deck, three soldiers rushed into the room. They wore the uniforms of World Army Air Force personnel, but their rifles were trained firmly in his direction, confirming the colonel's worst suspicions. They were Misterons all right, and it was even more obvious that their plan was to Misteronize him before his meeting with the world president. For the sake of Spectrum, and indeed the world, there was only one course of action open to him. The three soldiers visibly tensed as the colonel raised his pistol, tightening their grip on their own weapons, but White didn't fire. He raised it higher, over their heads, and then turned it towards his own in a single decisive movement that gave them no time to react. The metal of the gun felt cold on his skin, but he didn't even flinch as he pressed it firmly against his temple. Colonel White had always been a man of duty, and in this instance his duty was clear, to take his own life with his electrode gun before these Misterons could do the job for him. Just go to bigfinish.com from Monday the 10th of July and type Martian Menace into the search pane to find this rather special release from Anderson Entertainment. In fact, I'd advise you randomly type Martian Menace anywhere you like. Uh, it'd be an exhilarating experience, if nothing else. Yeah, it would be. I mean, what would happen if you just type that into the internet or just... Yeah. I mean, I'll do it now. Okay. But you've got to really be careful in spelling it because you don't want to write Martin Menace. Yeah. He, um, he's, <laughs> he can be a new podcast character. Martin Menace, Martin Menace. Martin Menace, hello, hello. I'm a Menace. I'm all right, Menace me. Martin Menace, Martian Menace, is from the Monster Apocalypse Wiki. Is a Destroyer's Agenda faction, whatever that means. I don't even know what Monster Apocalypse is. Um, doesn't sound particularly nice. Oh well, it? it was just an idea. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you, you know, you, you know, um, yeah, give it, give it a go. Anyway, in the meantime, it's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a twenty-five percent discount on it. Hey, what we got? We got. We've got Vienna Series 1. Vienna Series 1. Vienna, yeah. All right. Here is the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Vienna Series 1. Okay, assignment crystal. What have you got for me? Getting cluster maneuvering into attack formation. Custodian, did you read that? Guess they're getting itchy claws. The custodian is 30 clicks, enter end. 30 decks, warp propulsion. It's the might of this fleet that has made the Diarid Protectorate the supreme force in this sector. Underneath that robe of shame is another from the new church. A new acolyte. 
Shit. I need a pickup. ASAP. Coordinate located. Rendezvous in 20 minutes. I haven't got 20 minutes. We're under attack. Unmarked F-Class fighter. Shields hit. They don't give up, do they? Ready? On my mark. Three, two, one, mark. <sighs> what are you doing here? My job. To protect me? No, to kill him. Give me a rifle and get to work. I'll hold them off. There's too many! You worry about the doors, I'll worry about them. Ugh. Ugh. be a pest controller. Each of you must kill or be killed. Until only one assassin is left standing to be declared champion of the Tournament of Death. Salvatore, how nice to see you again. You were dead the moment you said my name. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Real old classic, this one, released yeah. in 2014. Starring uh, Chase Masterson as Vienna, is. who's a sort of um, uh, an assassin, and it was created by Johnny Morris for a Doctor Who story, uh, which was called... No, it's not on here. You'd think it would be in the... You might also be interested in these titles. That's a shame. I can't remember what it is. Can you remember? Vienna Salvatore. Yeah. Uh, I, I can pitch the... I'll just um, type in Vienna. Maybe it will come up. Holidays it. in Vienna. Um, <laughs> Bounty Hunter. Ah, yes. It was uh, Doctor Who, The Shadow Heart by Jonathan Morris. And that's when Vienna arrived. And then she had a... Uh, Chase Masterson was so brilliant in the part, we decided to spin her character off into a series. And she did extremely well. Um, brilliant stuff. And has popped up in other ranges as well, including Master, where he dreads for the occasion. Definitely what I would consider somebody from the, the Big Finish multiverse, so to speak. Very yes. much a Big Finish character uh, that is entrenched in Big Finish lore. Yes, yes, I think that's fair. Um, well, uh, while I email Jackie Emery, uh, yes. content manager at Big Finish, N yes. uh, to inform her of our random selection so mm. that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website. Benji, could you give a Captain Scarlet-style account of how to get your 25% discount? Stand by for action. No, that's not Captain Scarlet, isn't it? I've been working <laughs> too long here. Um, <laughs> spectrum is green. Um, yes, well, I mean, I'm just going to do the same voice that I do for all the Anderson things. He's more sort of like this, isn't he? Um, Who is? I th uh, Captain Scarlet. He's English, isn't he? He sounds like... Um, he's, oh, yes, he's... No, he's much more like... That sounds like... I'm, so, that sounds, sounds like, like Cary Captain. Grant. <laughs> well, listen here. We're in... <laughs> we're in... We're in cow... <laughs> no, I was thinking... We're in cloud... We're in cloud base right now. Captain Scarlet, are you there? I'm here. Um, <laughs> I got, sorry, my mind has gone blank because all I can think of is just Wayne Forrester for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wayne Forrester is, of course, reading The Martian Menace. I'm not surprised. I've done so many long, long days with Wayne Forrester. Yeah, lovely. that I think of. Isn't that weird? I think of Wayne and his voices more than I actually think of Captain Scarlet, the television version now, because I've just been. It just feels like I've been. You, doing you mean the more the animated that. one, or what, what do you mean? Well, no, what what I mean is when I think of Captain Scarlet, I automatically think of Wayne Forrester, because well, he did the voice for the CGI series in the nineties, didn't he? He did, but he I can't even. I can't even voice. think of his Captain Scarlet voice. I can just think of. I just. It was think sort of, of American, Forrester's. actually. It's slightly. Yeah, American. yeah, yeah. It was slightly kind of okay. We're doing this, um, but no. If if you. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, welcome to Cloud Base. Uh, if you want to, just go to BigFinish.com, Captain Scarlet, and head over to podcasts. I'm just doing the same voice I did last week, aren't I? When you're there, <laughs> yes, yeah. spectrum, spe spectrum is green. Click read more. When you are there, <laughs> I'm just making. I sound like a, just go on there, click read more. Head on to our podcast section. Latest thing it will say. Just click here. Enter the code buck up. Once you enter that code in, you'll get twenty five percent discount. It's as simple as that. I've got to hear Captain Scarlet's actual voice now. It's completely. I can't do it. You have to do a Cary Grant voice. You see, just can't can't do it. Anyway, hold but on. thanks. Wait, I'm, li I'm listening, Nick. Hold on. Have you... Uh, what? Here we go. What, what have you done? It's recording. It's much more like this, is Captain Scarlet's voice. 
based on one moment where he just says, It's recording! That's Captain Colonel White. Bra Captain Brown had a bomb on that's his Colonel, person. That's Colonel that's, White. That's Colonel White. Can, uh, can the audience actually hear this, or is it just you and me? That's Captain Black. This is Captain Black. Um, never mind, never mind. Well, for all of you that uh, were wondering what happened in that weird gap there, that was me and Nick listening to various clips of Captain Scarlet and sort of uttering half sentences in the process and going, yeah, and that's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, Colonel White. So did you explain it all anyway? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You sound like you're fibbing, but I didn't notice because no, I was No, I did, I did, I did. It's because I was, I was too busy <laughs> no, in my yeah, head. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that thing, yes. No, I did, I did. I ended up, I ended up uh, kind yeah, of yeah, going yeah, for... Yeah, 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 I went for like a, a, you know, a sort of Colonel White voice, because that's what yeah. I could remember. Because if Captain Scarlet's voice is very... Especially just looking... It's just very... He's just a person talking. It's, I can't I can't even approximate it. I'm not even going to try. It's that, It's that. you know... Well, anyway, it's a great choice from Ran, the old Vienna Series 1. The uh, job, next week's podcast is packed with our usual jamboree of excitingness. I can't believe I wrote that. Including Time Slip, A Life Never Lived, and the next instalment of, of our insanely exciting Doctor Who 60th anniversary release, Once and Future, and an episode entitled A Genius for War. I'll be good. Pardon? That'll be good, I said. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said, are we good? I was thinking, uh, are you asking? Good. What, what are you asking uh, me? I like many people. I like... Uh, hi, I like many people. I'm turning now straight into Michael Caine, who also <laughs> likes many people. Bust away. Uh... In the meantime, it only remains me to say this edition of the Big Finish Podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. With special effects by Captain Dent. That was the same explosion, which you can just copy and paste five times. Fantastic. And of course, Benji and I did this for, for the love, love of, of stories. stories and Captain Dent. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, Unit Nemesis 4, Captain D Masters of Time, <laughs> One Way or Another by Blondie. And I mean uh, John Dorney. John Dent. John Dent. Captain John Dent. Previously on planet Earth. <laughs> I always wanted to say something like that. I mean, it could have been in nicer circumstances, I suppose. But I digress. Time to bring you up to speed. The Vulprina here. Alien tyrants locked out of history by the Time Lords, now free and working with one of their nominal captors, one we've battled before. Missy. Yes, she's back. Not the biggest fan of hers, for obvious reasons. They enslaved us all. Almost every major population area has been sealed off. Cities, towns, even villages, stuck in areas of frozen time. That's the best way I can explain it. Military targets too. Varlis, or Lord Varlis as he likes to call himself, their leader focused on them, taking our armed forces out of the equation. For the most part, if you're not trapped, you're in the labour camps. The majority of units are there in the camps. Josh Carter, Jimmy Tan, not Kate. The whispers are that she's leading the resistance. Of course she is. It has to be a pretty ragtag army with the military unavailable, but she's still had some success, judging from Varlis's reaction. She's Earth's only hope. And hope is all we have, because this world is theirs now. They own it. They've won. This story is over. Or is it? What's that they say about every story having two sides?
think that explosion was big enough. Certainly lit up the night. It is supposed to be a distraction, Harry. Yeah. You prefer your explosions to be dainty and subtle? I simply think this whole thing will go a lot better if we're not all of us deaf as well as blind. We won't be blind. That's the point. You're doing all right, Mr. Hopley. As I can be, in the circumstances. <sighs> a bit different from usual post-round eight, Bert. Swinging by the old depot in the middle of the night is barely different. Just trying to view the Volcreen as particularly nasty Alsatians. Naomi, how's the fence looking? Oh, nearly there. And we are through. Good work. Is that the door? It's where we take out the bins. Well, it'll certainly help us take out the rubbish. Right. You should be able to get through now. Mind the edges, the wire's frayed. Follow me. Still, no one spotted us. Looks like the guards must be focused on the camp gates. Yes, the diversion couldn't have worked better. Right. Seems to only be one surveillance camera. Pointing the wrong way. Looks like they didn't expect an attack from the rear. One of the big advantages of the Valpreen corralling our old buildings rather than building their own. All manner of sneaky back entrances to overlook, even to their own command centres. Crikey. Didn't think I'd be heading back in here after six months. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. We wouldn't have had a chance without your local knowledge. I'll get wire in the lock. Straight into the lion's den. Just how I wanted to spend my Sunday afternoon. Well, for that, you're going first. Oh, thank you. I suppose it is at least gallant. Don't worry. The assault on the main gate should have drawn away most of the lions. <laughs> the word should is doing a little too much work in that sentence for my liking. Although when we blow the log, they'll send down everyone they've got on site. This is supposed to be a comfort because... <laughs> it gets better all the time, doesn't it, Harry? I want to be absolutely certain we're all on board with that. Yep. I suppose so. Glad to hear. Once we activate the electromagnetic pulse, there should be more than enough time to evade them. But remember, we don't stay in this place any longer than we have to. We want to be clear of the blast zone before the big bomb goes off. Oh, I definitely want that. Very sensible. So you two aim straight for the gate, blow the control tower and release the prisoners. Understood. I just hope the intel was right. If we finish up in the wrong place... It's right. Now, whilst you're doing that, Mr. Hockley and I will head for the generator and take it down. You know, some Mondays I almost hoped somebody would blow this place up. Didn't expect to do it myself. You're doing an excellent job. Thanks. The whole soldier thing, it always like this. Pretty much, yes. Are we nearly done over there? Oh, nearly. Not long now. Just setting the timer so we can get clear. All right, the charge is set. Everyone get back. Are we all ready? As we'll ever be. Then knock, knock. In! Go! Yes, safe to say they know we're inside. We don't have much time. All in. Prepare to activate night vision. Goggles ready. 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 I say, do you think that's us? If it's not, it's a pretty big coincidence. Then it's time they lost us. Activating EMP device. Lights. Out! And they're gone. All power down. That should keep them confused for a while. C can everyone see okay? In a manner of speaking, the world's a lot greener than usual with these goggles on. Sadly, I couldn't get them rose-tinted. Kate, the uh, top dog was able to get out our location before you cut the power. Even in the dark, there's got to be a squad coming this way. Then we need to head a different way. You know your route. Absolutely. So let's get moving, quietly as possible. Try to avoid any guards. Oh, we won't be drawing any attention. There might not be any windows on this level, but they'll likely have flashlights. Take care. Right. <sighs> Mr. Hockley. The basement's this way. Then lead on. Just remember, they'll be looking to restart the power, too. We won't be the only ones heading for the generator. Better be drawn and ready. Yeah. You know, 
I've never shot anybody before. Be one hell of a post round if you had. Don't worry, I believe in you. The stairs down are just along here. At least it'll be darker down there. Wait! Wait, you hear that? I see torches coming from upstairs. this doorway and don't move. They'll pass right by us. Take your squad to the basement. We'll locate and destroy the intruders. <sighs> they missed us completely. But that was close. Come on. I counted four of them heading down there. Doubt it'll take them long to reset the generator. Not my field. I'm a postman, not an engineer. Is there anything in the way of cover when we get there? Probably the odd parcel pallet. They always ended up in the weirdest places. Well, that'll have to do. Looks like they're close to finishing. Let's give ourselves an advantage. How do you mean? I'm going to shoot out that flashlight. They'll be in total darkness. As soon as I shoot, move and take cover. There's a pallet. That'll do, Mr. Hockley. Here we go. Intruders! Move! So far, so good. If you call being shot at good. Remember, they don't know where we are. They can't see us, but we can see them. Are you ready to do some shooting back? Not exactly, but I'll try. They'll see the flash of the barrel and that'll clue them in where we are. So shoot when you're certain, then move and repeat. Right. Here we go then. Good shot, Mr. Hockley. Yeah. Not sure I want to make a habit of it. I don't think any of us do. Do you have the explosives? In the bag. Then if you wouldn't mind, and quickly, they'll have all heard that. More will definitely be on their way. Never stops, does it? I know a good little cranny at the back of the generator. If I place it there, they're not going to find it before it goes off, even if they do get the lights back on. That sounds like an excellent idea. On it. I'll see if I can put this thing out of action permanently. Even if it's only minutes before the explosion, I'd rather they didn't get the lights back on before we escape. <coughs> the explosive is on. Setting the timer. Oh. Kate, look out! Didn't finish him with a shot. Damn. At least I got you out of the way. But it sounds like you got in the way yourself. Are, are you all right? Not exactly. He got my leg. It wasn't full on. I can move, but... Oh, yeah, I think something might be cracked. They're on their way. We should be too. Did you set the timer? It's on, yeah. Fifteen minutes. Right, so we hurry. Well, no change there. I see torchlight. We can't get past them. Not until they get in here. Then we'll get out behind them. I'll help you to the wall. Brandon, I'm here. Search the place. Did you manage to nobble the generator? Sadly, I ran out of time. Oh, then they're definitely getting the power back on. Well, it's never going to be a picnic. It'll be even harder getting out if you're having to help me. All right, don't start with the leave me, I'll only slow you down stuff. You've seen too many movies. But... You're a civilian, in here at my command. If I let you die, what kind of a leader does that make me? Keep moving. Right then, straight for the exit. Doesn't sound good. Reckon they found Harry and Naomi. Harry and Naomi are very good. They've got their own exit strategy, and I need to get you to safety. Right. Getting out of here is very much on my list of priorities. Uh, we've still got the advantage, though, remember? As long as the lights stay down and the power's off... Uh, yes, probably shouldn't have said that, should I? Right, goggles off. There goes our advantage. Pity we can't use the EMP again without taking out the bomb. We're in uh, trouble now. Not too far from the door, though. You can manage it. If we can just get out, we're home and dry. 
This is a message to Kate Stewart and her resistance. Farless! Is he here? The boss? Great. This incursion is foolhardy. You have no means of escape. I control time around this facility. I will freeze it along your escape route and trap you, hem you in. Then I shall hunt you down. Cheery chap, ain't he? I may let you live for the time being. You could possess a certain usefulness. The others with you, I make no guarantees. Unless you surrender, but act wisely. You don't have much time. He doesn't know how right he is. He's bluffing. He's gotta be. About freezing time, I doubt that. We know the Valpreen have been doing that in multiple areas across the country. If he hems us in, we won't get away far enough. We'll still be in the blast radius. I know. Maybe use the EMP, like you said, stop the counter. Negating the whole point of us coming here. Last resort, eh? Here we are. How are you doing? Been better. Be glad to be out of here. Might have to pull yourself through the door. I'll stand guard. Fine. If I ever come back here, it'll be too soon. Don't worry, Mr. Hockley. You've earned yourself a good rest. They've spotted us. I've got us covered. Don't panic. Get out. Here, they need to get you back on your feet. They'll catch up soon. I closed the door, but with the lock blown, it won't hold them. Yeah. We need to move. It's not far to the fence. Wait. What is it? Up ahead, a kind of shimmer in the air, and and the grass, look. Here, it's blowing in the wind, but over there... Frozen time. He's hemmed us in, just like he threatened. I've I've seen this across the country. There's no way through. We step in there, we'll be stuck, just like that grass. Can we get through? No, it's impossible. It's impassable. Impossible and impassable. And with them right behind us... Uh, they're coming through! Uh, Small door, at least! Uh, uh, there! Got a lot of them! Tactical disadvantage. They were coming out of a bottleneck. There'll be more of them, though. I don't doubt that. Oh, this leg! Oh. Uh, that'll help! Big finish for the love of stories.